Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Deandre Nicolette and I am the host of Manifest Daily. If you're new here, my love, welcome to your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And of course, to my OG listeners, y'all already know the vibes. Hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey, what's poppin', what's good? Welcome back to another episode of your fave. So today, my loves, we're doing a guest episode and I am so excited for this episode, y'all. When I say, I feel like I say that all the time, but listen, listen, okay, one thing about me, I'm gonna be excited, okay? I'm gonna be excited about these episodes because really, there's such powerful conversations and this one, I know y'all gonna love, okay? So I'm chatting with Erin Lyons and one of the reasons that I truly enjoyed this conversation with Erin is that we were like laughing the entire time it was just such a vibe with Erin like she was just such a beautiful soul to have connected with and the conversation that we had was so good we dove into money money mindset um, scarcity attracting abundance what it's like to do all of those things while also identifying as a black woman and honestly y'all it was just a lot of tea a lot of spicy tea being spilled so just a little bit of insight into who Erin is before we dive into this episode she is a former licensed Wall Street wealth advisor turned spiritual mentor she's helped a ton of different souls activate their energetic transformation in their life and business via her healing sessions her programs her courses and more so so we dive into a little bit of Erin's background in this episode, but we also, like I said, go into a lot of the money mindset stuff. And this is just a really juicy one. So if you are working on healing your relationship with money, calling in more abundance, essentially trying to remember your worth and really tap into the fact that you are worthy of all the things that you are currently manifesting, this episode is for you. So my loves, grab your water, your tequila. I won't judge, baby. It's five o'clock somewhere. All right. And let's go ahead and dive into to this episode with Aaron Lyons. Thank you so much, Aaron, for joining me for today's episode. How are you today? I am amazing. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Okay, so I always love to start off with this very basic but simple to the point question with all the guests. And that is, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a spiritual mentor, a psychic channel and an intuitive business and wealth coach. So prior to launching my business Sacred Hustle, I actually worked on Wall Street for about eight years as a licensed wealth advisor. And so in that world, I was always like secretly, uh, deeply spiritual and super into manifestation. And so I created my dream career, manifested dream clients, just manifested my dream reality. But ultimately, I knew if I stayed in that space, I wasn't going to uh, be able to live out my true purpose, which I believe is helping other people create their dream reality. So fast forward, here I am now, and I am a content creator, and I do uh, lots of cool things to help other women tap into their abundance. That sounds amazing. I literally love all of the things that you just mentioned that you do. And I'm so curious, like, did you have a specific catalyst in your life, like one of those moments where it prompted you to get into this work? Or was it sort of like a gradual, natural thing for you to get into something that you were always interested in? Yeah, well, even before I got into wealth management, I had this huge spiritual awakening, um, sort of like what we call an ego death in spirituality. So I actually remembered like who I was before I was born as a soul. And so I knew my soul purpose. And so with that, I sort of remembered that 
I could create my reality. And so I set all these ambitious goals. And that's kind of like the, the beginning of what prompted me to go to Wall Street and just manifest my craziest idea of what, what I thought was possible and what I wanted for myself. So within that, um, that I would say that was the starting point of me just awakening to my own power and having this this gradual spiritual awakening that just kept getting like deeper and deeper. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like having that realization for a lot of us, right, that we are able to co-create our reality, we're able to call in these amazing things that we want. It's such a beautiful realization. I always say, though, it's kind of scary in a way, like, you know, when you realize how much power you do have, you're kind of like, damn, like, what do I want to manifest now? What do I want to create? What do I want to call in? Because you realize that literally there are endless, limitless possibilities available to you. Did you kind of like have a little bit of that fear as you went through, I'm sure, you know, as you went through like the ego death and coming to that realization? Absolutely. And yeah, I'm so happy you asked that question because I even feel like there can even be an undertone of pressure. Like when you understand that you are, you are a powerful being, that's a, a different level of, of self-responsibility. So it's like, okay, I don't really have an excuse anymore. I can't um, feel like a victim to all of these circumstances anymore. I know that it's possible. I know that everything that I'm creating is from my own energy, my own thoughts and my own beliefs. So I think um, the other side of it is, maybe having some of that background pressure, just feeling like, okay, um, I really want to put my best foot forward. So absolutely, that can be a challenge. Oh yeah, that's such a good point too, like the pressure. And when you realize like you you don't really have any of those excuses that you can lean on, like some of the excuses that were fed in, you know, mainstream society. And I do, you know, there is obviously... Like, I believe in the fact that, like, we're here, right? We're, we're interacting with, like, other humans. We're having this sort of, like, collective experience. So there are systems and things that have been created, or at least, like, that we collectively subscribe to that can be an excuse. But at the same time, it's, like, even that, those things exist because we collectively allow them to exist, right? And so it's sort of, like on an individual level, you can be like, okay, I want to tap out of this, but then it's like collectively, you know, this pressure to like the external pressure, other people believing in things that you don't want to believe in anymore. So, so many things happening. Um, but I love that you mentioned that pressure and sort of like that fear that existed. One of the things that you talk about a lot in your content that I really want to dive into for this episode is money, right? Mm -hmm. Abundance, mm -hmm. coins, <laughs> all that good stuff. So what are some of the signs that someone may have a negative or a chaotic relationship with money? And I'm going to use the term money, but I know we're going to kind of, and you're probably going to touch on abundance and right, right. exactly abundance, right so money. it's not just yeah you know your debit card mm -hmm. that paper the credit card it's, it's all the all the abundance <laughs> coming to you. But what are some signs right that you might have a negative or a chaotic relationship with that yeah so if we're talking about money i would say overspending and i guess if if we were gonna make that more broad and talk about abundance it can be when people are just like overly addicted to anything and it's because on the inside you're trying to fulfill a void that may have been triggered in childhood so like if you went without things and now that you maybe have some sort of abundance or financial security it's like because you don't feel comfortable with just holding it there's just like always an overspending or something like that. So that's one example. Then I think definitely hoarding. So when people are afraid to spend or afraid to let go of anything, it could be hoarding a relationship. I don't know. Or like, you know, hoarding a partner or like not letting go of things because again, you're afraid to let something go because you don't believe in this, this permanent abundance that everything that's for you is naturally going to gravitate to you unless you're repelling it, unless you are the one blocking it. And so if, if we're talking about money, I would also say random expenses, right? So when different expenses are popping up and let's say you come in, you come into a, a huge amount of money or, or let's say you get your tax refund back or something like that, but then the car breaks down or something happens to where you have to spend the money that you just got. It's because you have this unbalanced relationship. And so you're just continually attracting what's in your vibration. The fact that your, your money vibration is not stable. Yeah. That example that you just shared, it just like makes me think of some of the like the narrative on like the discourse that people have when they're like 
oh, there's there's always like another bill or there's always something that pops up. And so they're sort of like reinforcing, right? That idea that like, yeah, of course, as soon as you get that money, you gonna get a bill. <laughs> like, you gonna get something that pops up that's gonna wanna take that money from you because that's what you're subscribing to. That's what you believe exactly. in. Exactly. And, and it's a pattern, right? Yeah. It's, it's like the cycle that you've been in. So that energy is gonna continue to play itself out until you make some changes internally. Yeah. And the, the overspending, now that's an interesting one because you know how there's that um like people talk about like oh you gotta you act as if which I don't even love that term honestly because it, it feels <laughs> fake like it feels like you feel like you're yeah. not being yourself like you wanna you wanna be acting over here but anyways so that term itself and you know how when people are like oh act as if like go out there buy the Chanel bag buy the Bottega shoes but it's like girl see absolutely <laughs> not I see yes. this is where I introduce uh, practicality yes. like I think with, with manifestation and all of this stuff we've gotten like super into the divine feminine which is flow mm-hmm. but we need to like pull that masculine energy back in which is like the structure and the practicality because if you hold a belief that you you can't afford something but you try to trick yourself into like buying it anyways that money's not going to come back to you mm-hmm. you know what I mean so you have to be like honest with yourself about where you currently stand and and where sort of like the range that you're in and gradually work on it yes I agree because every time I see that I'm like not y'all about to have people in debt <laughs> for in these debt, shoes right for these shoes. it's like it's just exactly it's, it's not the vibe it. it's not the energy and it, it really doesn't feel right because if you've ever been it because I've been in that situation before definitely before I learned more about the energetics of money and I was like okay well you know it doesn't feel right because I don't really have this money but I guess I gotta spend to make it and it's like that's not exactly how that works that's not exactly, not exactly how, exactly how, it how works, that works right yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I appreciate you addressing that because, you know, there might be people listening who have been hearing that or who have sort of seen people and pop feel up pressure with to yeah. buy certain things even though it's not in their budget right now because they want um, it to be in their budget eventually and it's like that's exactly. not how you're gonna get there. <laughs> yes exactly yes so I'm also curious right we hear that money abundance is also related to some other things that you're manifesting because like they're all really connected right so when you have this like negative chaotic turbulent relationship with money abundance whatever how does that actually affect some of the other things that you want to manifest? And I, I've heard before that, you know, money abundance is really linked to like love, um, whether it be romantic love or just, you know, calling in community. How does that sort of relate to that? Yeah, I love this question because I think when you start to even transcend the, the idea of money, because money is just an idea that we've created as humans, you'll see that the like money is really about your self-worth and it's really about what you allow yourself to receive. So an example I want to use here is let's say you have this like a poor relationship with money, but you you're trying to manifest your dream job right? You are not going to be able to manifest a job where a a job wherein you are repelling maybe like the new income you would receive or the new title you would hold if you don't feel worthy of having those things. So sometimes when things aren't happening in our life, it's because we need to take a deeper look at what we actually believe. Do I believe myself to be worthy of that new title and that new level of income and all of the new responsibility that that comes with and all these other things? It's so much deeper than like the actual thing that you you think you want or the thing you're trying to manifest. You got to go deeper. Yeah. you With everything. <laughs> with everything, you got to go deeper. I love <laughs> exactly. how, yeah, it's not just what it appears to be on the surface. And I think it's really interesting too, because you'll also see situations where people maybe don't feel that worthiness and they either manifest a version of that thing that really amplifies the fact that they don't feel worthy or it comes in just to just to slip right out of their hands and they're like well why couldn't I hold on to it why couldn't I keep this person this job this whatever this money and it's like do you feel that you are actually worthy of holding on to that thing of keeping it of, of being in the same sort of energetic space as that thing right yeah absolutely and it's it's the same thing if, if someone's trying to manifest a partner, you have to feel worthy of having the, the partner that has all of these qualities and attributes that, that you want. So uh, something interesting that I do with my clients is we do, I call it like queen embodiment. And I'm like, imagine if you were a queen for a day and you had this divine staff who were just going to like wait on you hand and foot, like 
just visualize that. Think about that. Now drop into your body. How does that feel in your body? Do you feel uncomfortable? And so many people will tell me they actually feel uncomfortable receiving gifts. Like if they, they feel embarrassed or like guilty or shame, like some people literally just cannot receive a gift. So if that's you, those, that, that energy overspills into everything, right? Your relationship with money, your relationship with a partner, all of that. You, you have to feel comfortable with receiving because you know that you are worthy to have that high vibrational experience. Oh, that is such a beautiful reminder. I actually talked about this in a recent episode where I was sharing um, about sort of overcoming and dealing with my hyper independence mm-hmm. and sort of how mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, like I'm an only child. I've grown up being very, very independent. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But obviously, as you know, we've, has become a theme in this episode, too much of something is not necessarily always good. And so with the hyper independence, it's like there's this fear of, at least for me, not wanting to receive because I don't, I don't know if someone's going to do it in the right way or if they're going to do it in the way that I want them to do. So I'm like, let me just do it myself. Let me just do everything myself, right? I can't count on anyone else because they're going to let me down. And I feel like that's a very, that's not a great place to be, especially when we're talking about money, partnership, all these things where you want to be open. You want to be receptive. You want things to flow in. And if you're in this hyper independent, I could do it all myself. I don't need nobody energy. How are things supposed to flow in? And furthermore, let's think about your relationship with the universe. You're telling the universe, oh, hey, no, I don't want you to do the heavy lifting for me. I don't want you to organize and orchestrate like the highest possible timeline because I want to do it all by myself. And the way that I was really able to get over my own hyper independence was through realizing that my human ego mind has limited information, meaning the universe can see like, all of these infinite ways to bring me something that would never be something that I would consciously think of, you know, because the universe is this divine source of infinite intelligence. So when you allow yourself to sort of hand over that hard work, because you understand it's more so about the alignment, then you don't have to feel like everything is on you. Because I think when you feel like everything is on you, um, it also, it can isolate you from, um, just having more fulfilling connections with people as well. Absolutely. I completely agree. You're right. We don't, we literally don't know everything in, <laughs> at least in, in the form that we are right now as humans. Right. Exactly. And so yeah, like allowing yourself to be like, you know what, let me just be open. Let me be receptive. Like wherever I'm supposed to be led, what, what connections are supposed to be brought to me opportunities. Like I want to be open to that. And I think that's when like things just really that are really beautiful flow in, especially in like very unexpected ways. At least I've noticed that. And I'm sure you have as well for your life where it's like, you think it's going to happen one way. And then it's just like a whole different way. Every time that's happened to me, like when I thought something wasn't working out or going the way that I intended and I just kind of surrendered, aligned and let go, it ended up working out like 10 times better. And I got even more of what I didn't even know that I wanted. Right. Whether it was like more money or a a better um, company or situation or something like that. So all of this divine work is happening behind the scenes. And we just have to learn how to surrender to that and trust that the universe is working in our highest good. And I think that's the number one struggle just when it comes to manifestation in general. It's like trusting that this force is like truly working um to co-create with us and wants to see us with everything we could possibly imagine yes I would say that is definitely so tough especially when it seems like at least in your reality like there is no proof that you have that that thing is coming right and and we always forget like we're looking at it from a very limited perspective in terms of the timeline we're thinking like okay you know it's June 1st 2022 so <laughs> right? you know this thing can't happen until like we're putting limitations on our timeline when in reality it's like who says it's going to take you like a year two years whatever exactly like that's months. just it a could happen tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yes yes and i yes. love that it's like literally Believing in the fact that you can not even, you know, not even jump timelines, but literally like get rid of timelines altogether. Like abs, because what is time? Like we have literally made that up. <laughs> like we made it up. Right. So it's, it's like, like we let's create, go beyond. Yeah. We create the distance between where we are and where we want to be when we're putting the time limitation on it. When we're like, oh, well, it's going to take me three years before I can hit this income or this 
this this business revenue goal, you're creating that. So the universe is just going to show you that. And furthermore, you're going to attract the challenges and the obstacles that sort of like affirm the belief that you have. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So we've kind of touched on a couple different ways now at this point about how we can start to heal that relationship. So what are a couple of different ones that we could sort of do in our everyday life if we notice that we do have maybe like an unbalanced or slightly turbulent relationship with money? The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So, you know, I really think the first step is, I like to call this making peace with your financial past. And I'm saying this because so many of us, we carry shame or self-judgment or guilt and really the sense of unworthiness if we feel like we're not as far along in life as we should be, or as we would like to be, or, you know, believing that we should be making a certain amount of money or not have debt and all these different things. So when you feel like that, you are lowering your vibration and you can't be a vibrational match to money. If you're still hanging on to like resentment for yourself and other people who were like involved, maybe with your childhood and things like that. Um, you, you can't call that money in when you're carrying I like to call it like all of that vibrational baggage. So making peace, you know, it's, I forgive. And I know for me, it was like, I forgive my family because for a long time I felt like, oh, they should have worked harder, right? They should have did better. Like, why, why do I have to be so independent and like figure all of these things out by myself? But once I forgave and I just understood that they were doing the best that they could do, it cleared up space for me to do my own healing work. So first step, just try to make peace with all of those things, right? And then the second thing is, I would say, challenge your beliefs about who you think you are and what and what you think is possible. So um, in my relationship with money, a huge thing that I had to do was heal my identity, meaning all of the, the expectations and the ideas that were projected onto me by society, just based on me being a black woman, I had to see beyond that. And I had to recreate my identity to, to just understand this is not who I am as a soul. This is just something that we've been collectively believing about a certain group of people, but I don't have to believe that that's true about me anymore. And a, a perfect example of this is like, I know in my home, I grew up hearing, you have to work like three times as hard as a person of color. And, you know, I know this is a really more so of a, a sensitive topic, but I chose to believe that that wasn't true for me. I chose to believe that the way that the universe sees me and, and can co-create with me is beyond any of those things. So, you know, I think going deep, challenging yourself, even if it's like writing the list, what do I believe to be true? And then like, when you see that on paper, you're like, okay, I know what I need to change. I know like the limitation that I'm creating for myself. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Such gems drop. <laughs> and one of the things that you touched on, which we're going to, we got to dive into it is obviously your identity as a black woman. Right. And collectively we've had this belief that's still held to this day that as black women, we're not as worthy or not enough when we're talking about comparison between us and maybe our white counterparts or even other people of color. So how do we actually start to override that conditioning? How do we actually start to like change our identity, as you mentioned, in order to let some of those beliefs go, especially when it's tied between, okay, you're a black woman and you, you know, you got to work twice as hard. You don't make as much money as like white women, all these different beliefs that we have. Yeah. Um, I love this question because as someone who worked on Wall Street and finance, I was usually always the only black woman, right? So being surrounded by like ultra 
ultra high net worth clients and other advisors who were extremely successful. And most of them were white men who were like three times older, two times older than me. I had to really tap into my own inner worth and see beyond the illusion that they were more capable of success than I was. So I think it starts with seeing through the illusion, seeing through this idea that we've created that some people are more capable um, than other people when in truth, we are all connected to the same, I like to call it source energy. So um, I know this is like a little bit more of an esoteric thing, but I think when you see yourself as a soul and a spirit and not the human identity of what you look like in physical, you are able to transcend all of the limitations that come with that identity. Yes, I love that. And I think it, it is a bit of an esoteric like way to think of things, but I also think that it is, I mean, I I personally think it's the best way to think of things or to see things because when you really think about it, it's like we we judge people so much based on right, like what what we see from them, right? So it's like you see somebody, whether it's you're looking at them for their race, you're looking at them for maybe how you believe they identify when it comes to their gender, sexuality, all these different things. And we're constantly placing these assumptions on these people. And I know that there's a part of it that's like, you know, maybe survival mechanisms, all these different things. But you realize too, it's like when you do that, you're not allowing yourself to be open to like getting to know people fully for who they are. And then sometimes you do get to know them and you're like, damn, I didn't, I didn't realize you were like this because I assumed yeah, you were exactly, like this when I first met you. Exactly. Because of how you looked, right? Right. We tend to believe that people who don't look like us don't face the same things that we face. And I think when you start opening yourself up to, to truly getting to know people, maybe like beyond, beyond their status, their wealth, their title, et cetera, you'll see that we're all having a freaking human experience. You yes. know what I mean? There is no, not a single soul in this experience that is not going to go through some aspect of suffering and healing and, and that whole thing. It just comes with the experience. So I think like for me as a, a woman of color, when I really um, started to understand that, then I stopped feeling like a victim. I stopped feeling powerless. I stopped feeling like other people just had all of these things that I could never have. And I started to see them for just being human and also having to deal with similar things beyond money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's interesting too, because I think once you actually start to see people as just being human, you can kind of start to pick up on maybe some of the ways that they're showing up energetically that's allowed them to manifest whatever they have that you might want. Right. So now you're looking beyond, okay, they got it just because they're white or they got it just because they're this. And you're looking at it from like, how are they showing up energetically? Like maybe, because I know for me, it's like a lot of times when I see women who are living a certain lifestyle that maybe I aspire to live and that I'm personally like manifesting myself, I am noticing the way they're showing up energetically. Is it carefree? Is it, is it with like this loving feminine energy? Like what, how are they actually showing up as souls and looking beyond just like, you know, they got it and they're, and yes, there's this privilege, right? Because of, again, the collective beliefs that we are subscribing to. But like you said, you also got to sort of, it's almost like trying to push yourself to see past that, like you mentioned earlier, because if you're just looking at it from the surface of the collective privilege that we're all experiencing on earth, you're only going to get half of the story. You're not going to get mm -hmm. the full story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think Taking it a step further, how I teach my clients about this is I talk about soul contracts where I truly believe that even with money, we have a soul contract, right? We're like, okay, I'm going to incarnate and maybe I'm going to experience lack and poverty and, and these different things. But at some point, I'll be able to transcend that. And I think because we are all undergoing this collective awakening, I think many of us who have experienced lack and, and poverty and that type of thing, um, we've chosen those experiences so we can illuminate them. So we can see the illusion in them and take our power back. And that's, that's the way I like to see soul contracts with money. Oh, that's beautiful. Because then you start to see it as more of like, Kind of like a game, right? Like this is exactly this is, this is levels to this game, and you're it's like, just a game. Yeah. it's just a game, and it's, it's just fun, a game. right? It's fun. It gets to be fun. Like yes, you're gonna have 
you know, the, the, the hardships and challenges, but in the game, that's kind of what makes the game fun. You got something, <laughs> something to do. <laughs> something to do. And one more thing on this subject, I think there, I even have clients who they came for money. They like, they're financially comfortable, but there are so many other experiences that have come along with them having that wealth. Like feeling insecure when it comes to making relationships because other people judge them for having money. I've seen, um, like had to help people work through that. Like there are so many different things and we can't just assume that because maybe someone chose a different money soul contract, um, that it didn't come with its own set of things that they're here to master. And when we just honor that we're all here, like on this, this beautiful spiritual journey, we can respect all of the paths and not feel like, Oh, someone's, this or that or more powerful than me or beneath me or whatever it is. And we can just collectively respect each other. Yeah. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know that um, the way that sometimes people will sort of collectively, if, if they don't identify as like rich or wealthy, they'll look at those who maybe they see as rich and wealthy and kind of like one, make these assumptions, but then two, almost have a little bit of like resentment towards them because it's like, damn, the rich people are so this and that. We got to kill the rich. We got to eat the rich. Like all these things people are yeah, saying, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are our thoughts on that? Like, is that essentially like you repelling that, that reality for yourself? Okay. Absolutely. Because if, if you, if you judge someone who has wealth or people who have wealth, you're telling the universe, Hey, I think that's bad. So I don't want that in my reality. Keep that away from me. You, you keep that away from me. You repel it. Um, so that you, you do have to work on maybe the, re, the, the resentment or the collective resentment that we have towards people who have been born into wealth because that will block the flow of your own money coming through your business. If you own a business or if you're trying to manifest a higher income, those are all of the things that are just weighing your money vibration down. So absolutely. Yeah. And I like to think the way I see it is like, there are so many people who are wealthy and, and use their money for good things mm -hmm. to uplift others, absolutely. right? To help, they donate, they give back. And we sometimes choose to focus on these very like scandalous and just irritating, right. frustrating stories of people <laughs> who have money. Like, oh, someone's so got all this money and they just they, you know, they're doing this and that, and that don't make no sense. And if I had it, I wouldn't spend it like this. And we again, you know, dive into that resentment energy. But a lot of times I like to look at like, okay, what are you know, the people who have the money who are like giving back and actually pouring back into communities and actually elevating um, other people with their money. Cause I'm like, that's what I want to do. Right. So it's almost like imagining if you had that money, what are the good things that you would do with it and not necessarily jumping to money is evil, money is bad and people with money are bad people. So that's not, it's not the case. Right. And at the end of the day, I think, what can really help you work through through the belief that money is bad or people who have money are evil is seeing that money itself is neutral and it's just a tool. What an individual chooses to do with their money or how they choose to be influenced by money, right, by their ego, that's on them as a person, but it's not actually the money itself that is creating um like all of these circumstances for people because money is just the tool that we're using to exchange goods and resources, right? If, if we were still using the barter system, we're like, we're showing up with cows and chickens, right? It's not efficient 
for how the world has expanded and how globalization has um, evolved. So we needed a tool that would mirror like where we are in our collective consciousness and something that would be more efficient. So I think when you see it that way, you can collapse this idea that money itself is bad. Yes, I love that. That's a beautiful reminder. Yes, just like literally neutral. (laughs) It's just a tool. Love that. So one thing I've started to notice, um, and I don't know, maybe I'm just on a specific side of TikTok, but <laughs> it's this, the expansion of, you know, the black girl luxury movement, right? Which mm-hmm, we love. We mm-hmm. love all the girlies feeling luxurious. We love that for them. So <laughs> I'm curious, how do you think this affects black woman's relationship with money as a collective, right? Like, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen any of these videos on like, yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, absolutely. It's a movement out here. It's a, <laughs> it's a so movement. like, yeah, like, what do you think? How do you think this is affecting us collectively? Like our beliefs? Sure. Our, our so, you know, I think on one end, it's really beautiful and powerful because we need that representation. Like when I was a young black girl growing up, I didn't, have many examples of affluent Black women outside of a very select range of like um, jobs or, or like celebrities and that type of thing. So I think the fact that we are normalizing Black luxury and Black wealth is phenomenal. Now, me being the spiritual person that I am, I think on the other side, we have to be careful with not overly identifying with our ego, overly identifying with ego desires and and believing that these external things are the source of our value because i think i think when you start externalizing these these things as like the source of your value then you lose that connection to your inner self and it just it just becomes about oh the next bag i can buy the next shoes the this the that like luxury is not just confined to um, material things or even, I guess, lavish experiences like luxury is experiencing love, the time that you have on this planet. Like there's so many different ways we can look at luxury. So I think we have to make sure that we are coming from like this, the self-fulfilled place as opposed to a place of coming from a place of lack. Yes. I, I completely agree with you. And I think part of it too, is just like collectively, the symbols that we have for success tend to be very material (laughs) symbols, right? It's like the specific, the the BMW, the Mercedes, like these cars, these names, these like brand things. And so you have these luxury movements where I agree with you. I think the representation is absolutely important. And I've loved being able to see other black women who are Mm -hmm. clearly living their best lives, able to buy (laughs) what they want, treat themselves and their family. Like it's such a beautiful thing to see because it's like, damn, like, Again, I didn't really see a lot of that growing up either. But at the same time, I agree. Like we have to sort of be careful not to really get into a space where we're believing that our worth, our entire, um, like us being successful is like equates to how many bags we have or what kind of car we're driving. If it's not this and if it's not that, then then we don't have, we're not making enough. We're not, we're not luxurious enough. So yeah, I I completely agree. So what does luxury look like to you? I'm curious. You know, I really think luxury is more so about an expression of your highest self. So what makes you feel your most free, empowered, beautiful self. So it's just in alignment with the true nature of who you are as a soul. So sometimes that is buying a bag, right? That feels good. That makes you feel like, you know, your abundant highest self. But I think my business is a luxury, right? Being able to serve and do the work that I do, I see that as a gift and a luxury. I Again, I think time is a luxury. The, the time that you get, maybe when you work for yourself or when you're spending time with your family, like those things are beautiful. And again, they're not confined to, to money and materials. It's so much deeper. Um, and I think, yeah, I just think luxury is more so about how you feel and who you are and allowing that, it's almost like dripping in magnetism, right? You being the magnet and then attracting these experiences because you are the source of it. Not that these things are the source of it. So that's that's what luxury is to me. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I love that you kind of gave like such a beautiful range for that definition for you because 
I think it really is like figuring out what luxury means to you and not necessarily accepting sort of this collective definition that we've been fed that it has to look a certain way. I think it looks different for everyone. And again, like sometimes you do like to go shopping. You know, I love to buy some stuff myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but I also think it's just like the little things, like being able to enjoy. I love that you mentioned time because one thing about me, I love just like my free time, being able to to spend time and be at peace doing it. Oh my gosh. Give me, give me a quiet room with a book. Oh baby. I'm in heaven. <laughs> like a good exactly. Yes, exactly. It's a chocolate soup. <laughs> I love that. So what are some of the key mindset shifts that you made in order to manifest more overall abundance in your life? I know we've kind of tapped on some of them throughout this episode, but like if you could maybe do like, like top three, mindset shifts that really changed your life what would they be yeah top three top three I love that so first thing understanding that everything is energy um and this one I think can be difficult for us to to wrap our minds around because we're having such a physical experience but if we were to get really quantum and really molecular and this is something we all learned in like middle school everything is made up of particles and atoms it's really just all energy that's organizing itself in different ways so we get like this certain picture so because everything is simply energy then we know that also everything is inexhaustible. So this idea of lack is really an illusion. So I guess my second thing would be realizing that lack is an illusion and abundance is the only real truth. Like anytime you believe that something is lacking, it's not that that thing is actually lacking. It's that you have created the experience of you lacking that thing, meaning you're not currently perceiving it in your reality, but it doesn't mean that it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that the universe cannot organize that and and arrange that sort of um energetic picture if we will for you is just the fact that you're creating the experience of lack and so the third thing would be um and we talked about identity a lot but I would say that identity is not fixed it's just a construct so the person that you believe yourself to be in this moment is simply based on the thoughts the beliefs and the lived experiences that you've had. And at any point in time, you get to change that. You get to say, hey, I no longer believe these things. I'm replacing them with these things. I no longer am holding myself to this limitation. I'm expanding into this. And so you can always recreate yourself and recreate your identity. And I think that will, will free up space for you to start really creating this new reality. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love all three of those. I would say the third one was my favorite because I always say that when I'm like, you could literally, you know, wake up and choose to really be a whole different person. Now, listen, listen, I'm not saying, you know, cause I feel like sometimes you think of it like we're being fake, right? But <laughs> it's more about if you have decided that certain beliefs no longer align with you, you don't want to experience a specific type of reality that is not you anymore, then you can choose to change that. And I feel like we have such a, like a fixed idea of identity where we're like, okay, we're the student, we're the mom, we're the this, we're the that. And like, that's all we are. And it's like, that's is that all you are is that all you're choosing to be in this moment right and really allowing yourself I I say every single day I wake up it's like listen what's the vibe what's the vibe giving like what 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 have I learned right what have I experienced yesterday that makes me feel as if I'm a different person saying and who is that person what are my new beliefs what are my new um you know like literally the new vibe I would say so like it's it's all well not even like a new vibe because I feel like my energy like me it's still me but it's literally like what are the new beliefs I want to tap into especially ones that I believe are aligned with the reality that I manifested yeah it's just being you know what it is it's being honest with yourself and I think a lot of people are afraid to go there maybe because of like the shame that that comes with addressing some of those beliefs but there's nothing to be ashamed of because we all signed up to play this game knowing that we were going to go through these challenges and sort of like illuminate all of these um programs if you will and and projections and we get to heal them and i i do think the more you start seeing healing your own limiting beliefs as a game um, then life becomes fun and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're trying to prove something or like, um, 
yeah, it just, it just feels like, oh, okay. I just uncovered a new belief. Yay. We get to change it. We get to replace it. That's, that's so exciting. So I think finding ways to just be playful about this whole manifestation thing, um, can really empower you. It really can. It it keeps things light. I know a lot of times people say like, go with the flow. And I used to, I mean, I'm, I'm very, you know, what the, what the folks are called type A. <laughs> so sometimes when I would hear go with the flow. I'm like rolling my eyes. Cause I'm like, girl, I got a plan. This is how I do that. You can still be type A and go with the flow. Right. Cause it's almost like when you realize, okay, you letting go of certain beliefs, like basically reinventing yourself whenever you feel called to is just basically you aligning with that reality that you prefer to experience. It, it makes it fun. Cause you're like, you have fun sort of like finding what is not aligned. Exactly. You know I and mean? it's like when things come up, you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Like if I want to experience this, but I believe this, then nah, I can't believe that no more. And so it's like, okay, how do I let that go? And it becomes a little bit more of a carefree fun. Like you said, a game versus it being like, Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta do all this healing. It's like, no, girl, like right. have fun with it. Like healing, literally have fun with healing it. Healing does not have to be hard. You do not have to be hard on yourself. You do not have to feel bad. It's like, hey, all the healing I'm doing, it, it's coming from the collective that I was born into. So really none of this was yes. mine to begin with. And I'm okay with that. You know, yes. <laughs> that's how I am like, girl, I do not feel bad um, about it because this was projected onto me it's not something that I myself created so yeah just have fun Yes, because one thing about this place is it's just so many beliefs that you gotta, you literally, everything, everything is just like a whole belief. You know what's so funny? I actually had this in an episode recently. I'm curious what you think about this because I was thinking about like the collective. Okay, okay so like I was talking about, um, you know how it's like as a woman, you're taught like, okay, if you, by the time you're 30, if you're not married, if you don't have a child, if you're not this, that, whatever, it's almost like you're not truly worthy as a woman because we've kind of been taught to believe that our worth as women is it comes from being a mother or being a caregiver to a, a partner or right being desirable. Being desirable. like mm-hmm. all these things that, that outside of ourselves right and so I had this sort of moment where I was trying to you know come up trying to realize or trying to understand I'm like do I want kids do I want this do I want that marriage all these things that you know the white picket fence because I want it or because I was taught that's that's what a successful woman of my age has, right? And I was really sitting there, and I still am sitting here sometimes. I think I've, I'm in a place now where I'm sort of like going with whatever feels good for me, but I truly had to sit with that because I said, wow, like it's really hard when you're trying to decipher is something like a soul calling for you, something that you truly want to experience as a being here? Or is it simply that you've been so conditioned that you cannot separate like your true soul calling from the collective beliefs? And it's, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> no, I'll tell you that much that right is now. <laughs> deep. That is some deep, uh, what do we call it? Shadow work. Oh, girl, because you're, that you're being radically like honest. <laughs> you're like, hey, like, do I actually want this? Would that actually make me happy? Or is it, I like to call it like an implanted desire, like something that's not even coming from my own soul, but just something that I think I should have. And I think I'm so happy you brought this up because I think it's the difference between ego-based manifestation and like soul-based manifestation where your desire is truly coming from your heart, truly coming from your higher self, truly a part of, of this path that you are here to walk as opposed to to molding your life around what other people told you you should have. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And really, uh, you know, again, the, the sort of answer, if you will, that I came to was really just like allowing myself to just continue to experience what feels good to me. And if it happens to be that I, you know, meet someone and, and entering a relationship, entering into a partnership, a marriage, if you will, you know, creating a life feels good, feels like the next natural step feels aligned, like so be it. But if it's something like I'm sitting here like, okay, all right, listen, I'm 33. We gotta, we gotta have the child next year. Cause that, that, that literally, it, it sounds crazy, but like last month, that was like how I was thinking it's like this timeline. And it really is like, it took me, it took me years to let go of that. And I really think this eclipse was a powerful one because I kid you not, it was like the way that fell away the way I had, you know, this shift in my perception 
it feels so wild to me that I, I couldn't have that shift before I was ready to have that shift, before I was ready to really think about these things in this way. But now it's like, if it happens, it happens, right? And if it doesn't, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to be out here. I'm literally going to be right? doing what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so... And it's so funny because that is you when when people have that realization and they sort of release that resistance and let go and like you know what whatever I'm just gonna have fun. That's when the soulmate comes in because you're not blocking it anymore. It you know it's you're just free flowing. So when you're in that energy of like fun and playfulness, that is the vibrational match to the relationship that would feel the same way. And so you're able to, to brick, to like call that into your experience. So we got to stay tuned and see Girl. what happens in your love life. <laughs> I, I literally was like, it'd be so funny if that happened. Cause now I'm actually, you know, I'm having fun on these streets now. <laughs> like now you're crying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what my next date? <laughs> What's going on? Let me, let me have yeah. a little fun. You know, it's Hong Kong so summer, baby. Funny. Like we lit. <laughs> so I find that I started hilarious. saying, <laughs> Sorry, I started saying a thing where I'm like, you know what? I am equally happy if I'm single or in a relationship. I have fun in both. And so I went through this similar period where I was just having so much fun, like being single. And then I attracted my partner who I've been with for three years now. (laughs) So I I just think that's the way it works. Like when we don't stress about it, we just do us. The universe is like, okay, here you go. And sometimes it'd be just, if you feel like, well, damn, I can't even, you know, do what I was planning to do because now you're going to send somebody, but okay. <laughs> but I love that. I love that. Oh my God. This has been such a beautiful conversation. Um, but we're going to, we're going to start to wrap it literally right now. It's a thunderstorm coming. I don't know what's going on, but one thing I know oh is goodness. I have a Pilates class in an hour. So I hope the rest okay. of the time I got to go. So, <laughs> but that being said, um, can you give me like the tea on where we can find you obviously all your links will be down below in the show notes but where can we find you online and then also what do you have like in the works right now like any anything that you want to sort of like promote or tell us about or anything like that sure absolutely so you guys can find me on instagram at the real sacred hustle and i am aaron lyons on youtube and so currently um i have a business mentorship container called cosmic ceo so if you are a a new or aspiring spiritual coach and you're really just looking for that mentorship or someone to help you um get in front of those dream clients and really get get your soul work out there that's what that portal is for. And then I also have another program called Spiritual AF um, Academy. And so that's for psychic development training and people who have spiritual gifts, um, or if you want to become a certified quantum healer. And then lastly, um, this one is in the works, so it's not launched yet, but you can get on the wait list. And this is going to be my money membership, and it's called Money Mystery School, where we are talking everything money, wealth, and abundance, and transcending our relationship with money. So those are all the things. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, I know I have like all the links to your socials, to your site, but for the money membership, I don't know if you could send me over uh, a link to the waitlist. I can add that to show notes as well. But again, Erin, this has been such a beautiful, expansive conversation. All the laughs. I'm I'm just here for all the laughs, you know? (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was so aligned, so synchronistic and beautiful. Thanks, everybody. Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode.